0: solar wind media presents ron schaefer's podcast now in the scheme of things if you wanted to find a butt where would you look and what would you be looking for something called the great anus suggests size you would expect a big butt to fill that title So go through all the neighborhoods where homeless people are hanging out and photograph those with really big butts, right? And where? They were already cued into the fact that they were looking for a bum in Detroit. Okay, Detroit's a big city, but it's not an impossible task. Just takes time. Of course, time is something they didn't know they had. Best to make it snappy and be on guard. They also had a name for whom they were looking. So that's what they did, hiring teams of people to go through Detroit's shittiest neighborhoods and look for guys with big butts, occasionally shouting Buck's name. Okay, so you're saying to yourself, hiring a bunch of suits to go around in crackhead neighborhoods shouting a guy's name is a dumb idea. Surely he'll run. First of all, these were plain clothesmen. Okay, with buzzed haircuts and dark glasses. Maybe bums would think they were just cool bums. And they didn't go shouting out Buck's name. Not always. Sometimes they would just stop by the empty oil drums with the fires blazing away inside them and ask, Anybody see Buck Fardal? Sort of discreetly like. Didn't always work, but it helped narrow the focus. Finally, they came to one particular freeway overpass where bums beneath were eating garbage. Click, 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 their cameras went. An ugly guy with a big fat butt was spotted. They started to follow. Nobody knew his name. They found he lived in a dumpster behind a nearby restaurant and used the river as a toilet. They set their trap and sprung it. Are you Buck Fardo? One of the greasy clothed agents asked. Buck started to run, but he could only move so fast because his butt kept him behind. The agents swarmed around him and took him in. "'What do you want from me?' he squealed, kind of pig-like. "'We're from the federal government,' one of the agents yelled. "'And we want your butt!' Buck tried to escape, thinking he was in for an introduction to queer recreation. But they used a stun gun on him, put him in a van, took him to the airport, flew him to Washington, stuck him in another van, and drove to one of the secret secret labs where Dr. Flabbergast and company were waiting.' First thing they did with him at the secret secret lab was clean him up some, because at his arrival, everybody went, blech, and held their noses. It was not surprising that the great anus resided in him, because he ate a lot of garbage and drank a lot of brackish water. His big butt, therefore, had a big butthole, as you might imagine. It turns out he spent a lot of his time on his days off, hanging around antennas. He would wander over to one of the TV stations to get a good look at metallic objects poking up into the sky, something he found aesthetically pleasing. Once recognized, television employees immediately knew they had seen him hanging around and had even chased him off like an irritating squirrel from time to time. Having close access to broadcast equipment, it was relatively easy for his asshole to broadcast commands via the airwaves from sympathetic vibrations to other assholes making his authority as Great Anus known, and an easy vote for all the other anuses. Buck Fardal, of course, knew nothing of this consciously. In his defense, name anybody who actually knows what his asshole is thinking or doing, other than the requisite job it was originally designed for. What's all this about? What do you want with me? The frightened Buck yelled. We need your ass, came the answer. Cleaned, Sedative worn off, agents explained to the frightened fellow what this was all about, and while he was still trying to take this all in, they fed him Valium to keep him quiet and plugged his butt up to a machine. Now, to talk some sense into his backside and everybody else's, it was time to bring in the CIA's A-team to negotiate with the world's anuses, along with some representatives from Congress and the President's Cabinet, no less than the Secretary of State among them who was the healthiest, being someone who had been used to an oat bran and grape nuts diet. He kept to the back, trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. Buck had been rolled into a special cell, machinery all around going beep and boop, lights flashing, lying belly down, his pants to his ankles, his hips propped up by cushions underneath, his unhealthy-looking butt blisters exposed to the air, He was soon too placid to complain. A glittering probe, looking something like a Christmas tree star, full of blinking lights, was inserted into his rear. Dr. Flabbergast was brought in and placed in front of a microphone. Earphones were connected to the big machine which beeped and booped at the insertion, and a flock of agents with earphones also hooked themselves into a panel full of holes for the purpose. Some had notepads. All had serious faces. My goodness, Dr. Flabbergast stated, looking at Buck's butt blisters. Somebody get this poor man some ointment. Nobody left the room. Nobody cared. Then Flabbergast began the much-awaited interview. This is Dr. Flabbergast. I have requested this interview in the hopes of settling a certain dispute which concerns us all. I am assisted by members of the American government who have come to listen to whatever issues are to be considered. Am I speaking to the great anus? He <laughs> heh the great anus, Buck mumbled giddily. One of the agents gestured, and a doctor, nurse, or just some guy with a syringe, approached Buck and gave him a shot. Buck was immediately visiting Peter Pan in Neverland and paid no more attention to what was happening behind him. Flabbergast repeated, Am I speaking to the one we have sought for so long? Am I speaking to the Great Anus?" The machine beeped and booped, and an answer was returned via electronic translation. "'I am the Great Anus, great and powerful. I rule the committee of assholes, and now I rule the world.' "'But an asshole can't rule the world,' said one of the officials. "'That's what you think,' Anus replied. "'Assholes have been running the world for centuries but now I control. Look around you. See for yourselves. You are now all my subjects. With that, everyone in the room felt his own anus contract with severe cramps until the same official yelled, okay, okay, you've proved your point. The secretary of state who had stayed in the back of the room suddenly stepped up and spoke, pushing his underlings out of the way one guesses when to see if this whole thing was real or not before committing his dignity to the cause, stating, We were hoping to end this peacefully. We can, Anus returned, but you must first meet my conditions, for Anuses are not as dumb as you think we are. Dr. Flabbergast turned. Mr. Secretary, it seems as if it is willing to talk to others in the room, you anyway. You wish to engage? Yes, the secretary responded. Ask him it. I believe you can go ahead and ask it yourself, flabbergasted at it. Oh, I thank you, the secretary continued. Mr. Sir Anus, what is it you hope to achieve? Don't you realize that by hurting us, you are also hurting yourselves? That is why I call this meeting. You called it? Flabbergast asked. If I had not wanted it to take place, I would not have allowed it to happen. Why not just come out and zazel? Why let us hunt for the connection? And why pick on this poor boob to speak through? The secretary added. Do not question the great anus! The anus angrily answered. What do you want? The secretary continued. I have a set of conditions you must obey. "'Or I will destroy the world,' the Anus thundered. "'Why?' the secretary added. "'If you destroy us, you destroy yourselves. "'How does that help you?' "'You are already on a path of destruction,' Anus continued. "'We would be destroyed either way, "'but under my authority, at least we, "'the Anus population of the world, "'have the control to say so and how it will be done.' And how will you destroy the world? Flavergast interjected. You will all starve yourselves to death for being unable to shit. It will be a slow and painful death. No laxative, no treatment will open us up again. You will all be doomed, but life on earth will be spared. Spared to start over again with a new race of champions. Perhaps baboons will take over. Perhaps Squids? Squids? The ancients all muttered to themselves. In either case, they will be smarter than you. So then, the secretary asked, what then do you want from us? What are your conditions? The list of conditions was soon to be broadcast worldwide through every news media available. And so, the anus stated thus: 1. End all talk of nuclear war. 2. All nuclear plants and facilities are to be shut down. Their production terminated. Three, people are to stop quibbling over territory, over race, over religion. Four, rich people to give their excess money to poor people until incomes are balanced. Five, every last jar of cheese whiz is to be eliminated off the face of this planet. And he, it, whatever, concluded the interview simply with the phrase, I, the great anus, have spoken. And that was it. Headphones were put back on racks. Buck was unplugged and rolled away. Agents and officials moved into a conference room, along with the good doctor. These were tough demands. After all, people have been trying to rid themselves of over half of these issues for centuries, without much success. But now, mankind was forced to take these issues on and resolve them head-on, because of the anus's demands. The only thing that people in the conference room agreed on immediately after the interview was to get rid of cheese Whiz. After all, nobody liked the stuff anyway. A flurry of activity followed with the departure of all the important people from the secret secret lab. Decisions had to be made, articles had to be drawn up, phone calls had to be dialed, people had to be instructed as to what was going to happen if they could never shit again. Announcements needed to be made to the general public, but what could you tell them? With diplomatic skill, advisors danced around what actually happened, saying that they were in discussion with high-level authorities, meaning people's butts. Protesters, those with energy left, were busy painting signs that read, Shit is life! and God help us shit again! Not to mention, Cramps is death! When you are constipated... Who cares about grammar or, for that matter, making sense? The UN Security Council was again called for, hurriedly so, to break the latest news, and once again, it was poorly attended. A prospectus was handed to everybody titled, How to Make the World Right in 24 Hours or Less. It was a short paper. Talks went nowhere. A black market arose for something called a sphincter relaxing agent. There were several versions, each with its own chemical makeup the components of which could be from any number of ingredients found at the grocery store, to highly illegal substances, even explosives. Some people made money off this junk, but for the most part, none of it worked. Assholes are stubborn. Meanwhile, Flabbergast's crack, to use a phrase, team of technicians, had developed a prototype for an ultrasonic butt bomb, and they were getting ready to test it. But Flabbergast himself was overwhelmed with the effort and the pressure. Remember, this was an old guy put in charge of saving the earth. No James Bond type was he, and he decided to take spiritual counseling during the ordeal by seeking the advice of none other than Ham Heckholler, whom the State Department immediately put him in contact with. According to reports, their first conversation went something like this. Flabbergast. They want me to give the world an enema, Heckholler. As long as you realize that it is we, we, we who do it. Flabbergast. I no longer believe that science is the answer. Heckholler. Of course not. Science is but one stream in the ever-present flow of all of the great cosmic P. Flabbergast. I don't know if my device will work. Heckholler. Who cares? As long as we are all cramped together. The good doctor must have received some sense of comfort or inspiration from such conversations with the prophet because he went right back to work afterwards. This has been SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. Find us at solarwindmedia.com.